Mommy's Podcast. It's called A Slice of Paradise. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you enjoy it. Or, or. Welcome to episode four of Flipping Tables. Our guest this week is my friend, Jonathan Gregory. Um, Jonathan and I met at work, and this is funny because I was thinking on the way here about how we met. You walked in my office one day, and I had never really talked to you before besides pleasantries. Hi, good morning, how are you? Um, In the cafeteria, you walked into my office, you sat down, and you had been told that I might be interested in your safety team that you have. Mm -hmm. Walk out, tag out. And so um, he walks in, sits down. I think that's what you started with, but I'm pretty sure you sat there for two hours that day. Yeah, probably so. And we went the full gamut of lockout, tagout, safe work, culture, um, family, Enneagram. We got on the Enneagram that day. Enneagram. And we went to Jesus immediately. Like it was just, it just flowed. I think you started with the Enneagram and then I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, because he's been hearing a lot about it at home. His wife is the same Enneagram number as me. We're threes. No, she's a 10. That's That's right. Nice. It's a made-up number. (laughs) I like it. So anyway, uh, that was the start of this friendship that he and I have had. And at the time of that first meeting, it was a time in my life where I was questioning a lot of things, uneasy about a lot of things. Israel was coming. Mm -hmm. I had not gone yet. Israel won. Israel won, yes, that's right, because I was supposed to go in December, and um, we watched Israel 1 come and go, and I didn't go, and Israel 2 was planned, so we did the same thing, he would come in, sit down, we talked literally the full gamut, okay, tell me, tell me what God's speaking to you, he teaches a Sunday school lesson with his wife, and um, at your church, Mm -hmm. in Palestine, yes, I teach children's church, and so we would kind of like share sermons, even though it's, I mean, he's speaking to adults, and I'm speaking to kids, um, but it was just cool to see how God speaks to both of us in different ways and almost sometimes about the same thing. Um, but it, it was just a great friendship. And so I went to Israel, felt the total shift for me, came home way more vulnerable, I think. Um, I felt like I was already kind of vulnerable with people, but I came home different. That's for sure. Amped. Amped. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. And he, I had already spoken this podcast dream to him a few months back. And it was just a little baby dream. You know all about it. Mm-hmm. But um, the one of the biggest encouragers, this sucker printed, I should have brought them. They're on my desk. Had stickers printed out and set them on our some of our friends' desks the last day of work. We'll get to that. And on the way to his new job in North Carolina, he stuck stickers on gas pumps and Waffle House tables and in random cities across America with my podcast logo and it said like greatest podcast ever or something like that. Yeah. Wow. And it had like Spotify, Apple, Google, all the things, all the logos to like access Like free it. advertisement. Yeah. Put them on the payroll. Yes, I know. Yeah. Marketing so, extraordinary. That was just really cool that uh, he's, you've always been so supportive of the dream of mine. You knew it was going to get off the ground before I had any confidence in myself that it would. Um, but it, the friendship was great. It still is great. I mean, he's now in North Carolina, but it's a phone call away. And so... Yeah. um. We get to stay up to date on each other's 
lives and happenings and struggles. And it's just been really cool. Whenever the, whenever the table image came to me, he was at the table because it's so strange. Our, our positions where we work never would have come in contact with each other. Like he's in a different building, always out in production, unless, except for the safety team, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have been close. And so, um, it was definitely a God thing that I needed as far as encouragement and, um, well, we both needed. Yeah. I mean, it was knowledge. Very mutually beneficial. Yeah. For sure. And so we've been able to add more people to our table and we've got other people that we love talking to about it. And, um, I don't know, it's just been an awesome friendship for me. And so you had no hesitation when it came to this episode. Oh no, I knew exactly who it was. Cause we've been praying and praying and we'd write names down and pray over them and then scratch some or add some. But when it came to this one, she was like, I got it. And I didn't, you know, today's my first day of meeting you. She was like, no, I got it. Like, it's my buddy. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, excited. I had hesitation. Because yeah. I remember her calling. She's like, hey, this podcast for you interview, do you want to? And I was like, no. No, absolutely not. But that doesn't matter. His you very know, next words were, no, absolutely not, but I will. Yeah, it's in the same breath. Yeah. But uh, that's that's how God's working on me. It's like just pushing me out of comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, we, we said goodbye to our church, or I did, uh, last Sunday. And, you know, I was up in North Carolina. My pastor texted me. We did a Fellowship of Joy. We do that every year on Sunday. And uh, he sent me a text, and he was like, hey, since since you're leaving, you know, I want you and Lauren to stand up and on stage in front of during this event and share your testimony about, mm-hmm. you know, where you're going and everything else, and you will. And I was like, no. I was like, <laughs> it would have been not. so easy to just, nope, I'm in North Carolina. See ya. Uh, but you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to let Lauren decide on that since, since she's there. And then of course, as soon as I sent that and I was like, oh, it's a definitely, definite yes. I mean, she's definitely going to do that, even though she forgot the whole thing. Uh, but it's very hard for me to say no to the pastor. I know. Right. I can very easily do it if I just listen to me and be selfish, just like, no, I'm comfortable just not being on stage. Yeah. So the topic of the week is uh, why it's important for God to be at the head of your table. So I felt like that was very important to bring you on for this episode because you're in a season of your life right now where you have had to relinquish control to God. And um, you, through our friendship, have prayed and went for very uh, many positions and um, a couple of them, you know, worked out. A couple of them didn't. And so this one came acro- across and I was so upset because it was in North Carolina. That meant that you were no longer going to be in Texas and do it and anything close. And so um, we were going to have to stretch this table a little bit farther. And I have seen you have so much obedience in this situation and so much peace now. It was the, the day you came and told me that this was a thing, there was, I can't, I can't explain it. It was like unexplainable peace in you. Whereas you were searching and struggling and not sleeping and there was a lot going on prior to that. But when this came out, you were like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is where we're going. And mm-hmm. so I saw things work out in your family, conversations that you expected to be really tough, um, not be so tough. Yeah. And y'all are moving now in a couple weeks-ish. Mm-hmm. And things are working out, not to not to your immediate want, right? There's been yeah. there's been hiccups, but God has definitely played a role in, in all of it. And you have had to put God at the head of your table. And so uh, it was a no-brainer for me that this was this was your episode. 
So whenever I reached out to you and asked you if you would come on and, and I told you the subject, what immediately crossed your mind besides, no, I'm not doing this? Where did your mind go as far as why it's important to put God at the head of your table? Uh, I mean, because to me, it's it's a no-brainer. I mean, that yes, I had to do it, um, but I have a lot. I've got a lot of experience to bring to it um, because fighting fighting Jesus not being at the head of the table is useless. Um, I had a I had a counselor in my youth. I grew up in a Christian school, and uh, uh, John Stoltz he was a counselor up in Colorado. And I went. He had this one saying. He loved Axl Rose. I just I don't know why, but <laughs> just did. But uh, he said there's two ways to go to heaven or to come to God, and it's you know on your knees, humbled. Or on your knees humbly. I mean, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you either come because you recognize the need, or God will show you. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's it's on your knees. Um. So I mean, that that's the thing is like you can fight it all you want, but you're gonna have a miserable life unless you don't. Right. And we don't want a miserable life. No. I mean, he didn't come and die on the cross for us to have a miserable life. No. But that surrender and saying yeah to the unknown, I'm assuming this was totally out of nowhere. Like, you didn't pick North Carolina. No. Um, But at the same time, it's freeing to know, like, okay, like, here we go. Yeah. And at that point in your life, you you told me that y'all had lived in Palestine longer than anywhere else. Well, my wife, yeah. Yes. Now, he was in the military. And so there were some times when you were off away from Lauren and the kids even at Mm -hmm. some point. Um, so moving is not foreign to you, but Lauren had been in that house for a while, yeah. a, lo- a lot longer than any other house in her life. So how long were you in the service? So I was in for six years, um, two years in Charleston, South Carolina, and then four years in outside of Seattle. Okay. Uh, but grew up born and bred in East Texas and Tyler. Okay. Uh, so when I got out, uh, we kind of, I'd already gotten a job, a job offer from Nucor. Um, and so we kind of just split the difference between where we grew up and where I had to work. So driving, driving an hour commute for yeah. 14 years. So you've good. been, a, you've been in Jewett for 14 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. And Lauren's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My better half teaches school. She's been teaching eighth grade history for almost 10 years. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That gives me some, that gives yeah. me some background some to, um, to know who you are, what you're about, man, that's a, uh, cause to me, military people, they're so structured yet. They're so obedient. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. And most structured people are not obedient because they don't want change. Yeah. But being obedient is being subject to any form of change. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, we need you here. Boom. You're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. And he's that way in small things too. Like, Hey, we have a truckload full of stuff that has to be unloaded. And Jonathan's like, swamped with work he's like you know what this can wait i'll be there like very other people focused very other centered a servant yes yeah. exactly it, it all makes sense wow all right let's dive into this because i'm chomping over here ready to this is gonna be good okay so what'd you come up with when you thought about characters in the bible characters people in the bible who um had to put god at the head of their table and what did that look like uh so you know, I immediately look at, you know, and there's every character in the Bible has, you know, table flipping moments. But, you know, starting with Moses, you know, growing up, you know, the story, baby in the basket, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
you know, he had several table flipping moments in his life where, you know, he, he killed the taskmaster, the slave master that was beating uh, one of the slaves. Uh, I mean, I can, I can only imagine his life was just phenomenal mm-hmm, leading up right? to that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a prince uh, and basically just get to do whatever you want to do. You're out on a stroll one day, you see something you don't like. But, I mean, he had some good raising from his sister and mother, but mm-hmm. uh, just that table flipping moment, like that one decision just changed his life. And, you mm-hmm. know, he fled out of fear. Um, but then after that moment, you know, he's in the desert, in the land, you know, finds his wife, you know, has, has kids and, you know, he's just chilling out, looking after livestock until one day this burning bush yeah. comes into his life that he wasn't seeking it out. You know, <laughs> at, at least it's not, it's not, you know, spoken like that in the text. Uh, this guy reached out and said, Hey, I need you. I need you to come do this. Uh, and he had, he had a, a whole lot of excuses. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm old. Yeah. Voice isn't good. He's like, that's all right. I got it taken care of. Yeah. Got your brother. He's going to give you a hand. So, I mean, just thinking about, you know, uprooting and moving and going to do something like at the age of 90. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah, saying, okay, uh, I'm going to go. And so he goes. And it's just miracle after miracle where God's already had that all right, planned right. out. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus or uh, Moses, I, I see him as a how person. Like he's trying to figure it out mm-hmm. just because he already has all those excuses. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm going to need this and I don't have it. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to need this. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a how person. Uh, I cannot stand <laughs> sudden changes where I can't manipulate and figure it out Why before I commit to it. Um, and, that, and that's, and that's Moses. And he, and he's one of those, he's one of those iconic characters, you know, in the Bible, one of those people that are, called about his faith and you know outlined i mean just with his obedience did he make mistakes 100 mm-hmm. percent. you know all of us all of us make mistakes uh, but with him he's he's just one of those characters that just popped out in my mind but uh, he he put god at the head of his table mm-hmm. he did. i think like what would our faith be without moses yeah <laughs> you know i think that about peter um <laughs> yeah I, uh, because there's such, that was the beginning of all the structure, mm-hmm. right? Like Abraham promised land, we're doing the thing. But Moses was like, that's the Mount Sinai. That's the, so much of the change, the flip, even yeah. amongst, you know, religion in yeah. a sense, or, you know, of Israel in general. Um, but it is interesting to know, I love the, you know, when Moses, I love that you said he was a how, how, mm-hmm. how. And I always remember whenever he had said that, to, and he's like, how God, he's like, you tell him the I am sent you. Yeah. That's enough. That's yeah. how. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go to North Carolina. I'm going to do a different job. I'm going to embark in a new marriage. I'm going to, whatever the newness is in anybody's season of life. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, well, why? Because the I am said so. The I am has ordained this. The I am has poured favor on this. The I am has orchestrated this. Yeah. And that's really the only confidence we need. Yeah. But then what comes after that? You know, like, oh, I need a little bit more confirmation. Maybe like nine more confirmations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what did that look like for out. you in that transition? Like, okay, I know that this is lined up, but. Uh, so, so you make, you make the commitment and it's like, all right, I'm on board. Uh, I'll trust. I'll have faith. You know, that's that whole key of faith. It's like faith is an action. You know, you gotta, 
put your foot forward in it. Um, so, you know, then you start thinking about the house and you're like, well, this has to happen. So like, I need to sell my house. It's like, all right. So we go through all this rigmarole to get the house at a state to where you can list it. And it's like, it was, it was on the market for like 24 hours before we had a, wow before we had, you know, an offer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and not only was it an offer, but it was like, we've been stricken so many times with bad house stuff because of funding and all this other stuff. It's like, well, it's a cash offer. It's like, it's like, well, okay. Okay, well, God. And then, you know, this is going to happen. It's like, oh, well, you know, God already had this, you know, planned out. It's like, okay, well, that's not a concern anymore. So that's great. So now, you know, I have a piece because, hey, you know, house sold. No, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't have to move because, you know, she wants to close earlier, but she's letting us rent from wow. the house. I don't have to move my family. It's just Such all kind of planned out, mm -hmm. which I didn't even, didn't have it figured out. Yeah. But he did. So it's why, enough. Why, am I, why am I worried about it? How um, often do you have to tell yourself that? Every day. <laughs> every day. That's I one of those imagine. things is like when, when you start. When, when you don't make him the priority and you're not looking up to him, you start to worry about all the things that you see. It's like, if you look up, you know, you don't see the things that make you worry, make you second guess. But, you know, don't, don't look back. Don't question, you know, all the things. I'm a horrible self-critiquer. So I'll, I've, I've told people I'm not going to listen to this podcast because I can't. I never do. <laughs> I, I can't listen. I, I literally have never listened to a full episode. But I mean, even looking back, you start being <clears throat> fearful or critiquing mm -hmm. or, you know, oh, I wish I did that on this. But just look up. I mean, that's that's where you need to be focused. Looking up shows you that next step, you know, not everywhere Looking else. down. Yeah. How do you feel like this has changed your prayer life? Ooh, the, the move or just the putting unknown, God at the head of the table? Yeah, the unknown putting God at the head of the table. Um, It's really targeted what I pray for. It's not more tangible things mm -hmm. really it's really targeted it's like just show me help me see where you want me to do where you want me to be who you want me to talk to mm -hmm. what do you want me to tolerate what do you want me to step in and do um i know i shared uh shortly after well i guess it was like four or five years ago uh, uh, my church voted me to be a deacon and just going through that study uh, with my pastor and the other new deacons, <clears throat> my pastor threw up the five W's, and he's like, "That's what your uh, your priority should be." And I'd never heard it. And of course, I've heard all that material before. You know, right, this is the sure. order, but just the five W. Oh, that is the easiest way to think about where you should put all your priorities. And the the five W's is your walk with God. That's that's number one. Uh, your witness, your witness to other people. So what people see about your walk with God. And then your wife. So your wife is third, but only third to those two. Yeah. Um, and then fourth would be your wellness, like your overall health, physical body, mental, mental stability, emotional stability. Um, <clears throat> and then the last one is work. So, I mean, so many times do you put, and I know men are, very, very guilty of putting work at the head. Uh, but if you get any of those out of order, all of them start to suffer. Mm -hmm. And if you ever 
I know for me, whenever I look back and I'm like, oh man, Lauren, Lauren and I just aren't clicking. Well, that's because my number one and number two are messed up. Or, you know, I've put her at the bottom below work or somewhere in that order. And it just helps me reflect on, A, what I need to pray more for, what I need to focus on more, and just how do I need to realign myself. It's like being at the chiropractor. You know, like that's what I'm start at the top. Like, okay, my this feels off. Well, what's wrong? Let's get let's adjust. Mm -hmm. Let's get all this back in line. How what how God intended for it. Yeah. Our body's meant to work away. Our lives are meant to work away. But that's huge. I was kind of preparing for this. I guess it was a couple weeks ago, thinking about it being important that God is at the head of the table. So I was preparing a couple weeks ago for this and um I was listening to a few sermons and one that I settled on for the entire commute to work was uh, kind of about this and it kind of wasn't, but it totally spoke to the subject. It's crazy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to choose this one. This probably isn't going to benefit this episode with Jonathan, but I'm, I feel like this is the right one. And it like lays it all out there for me um, in a different perspective. So the pastor said, you know, what is the first question we're asked when we complain of a headache? What do you ask somebody when, what do you, what do you say when Leslie says I got a headache? Have you taken anything? Have you taken anything? Yeah. First thing. Yeah. So the doctor, you go to the doctor, you say, okay, I've, I've got these symptoms. Um, he says, how long have you had these symptoms? How long has this happened? Every time I call the doctor for my kid's sickness, it's, okay, well, how long have these symptoms been there? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're tired and tested and troubled, who do you turn to? What do you turn to? You turn to the other people at your table, or you turn to Google, or you turn to fear, or shame, or any of that. Um, when you're under, inta- under attack, you make unwise alliances. But you go through the full gamut of people and sources until you throw your hands up and say, well, I guess at this point, all we can do is pray. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing we do. It's like, oh, we've literally tried everything. We've we've done all the hows. We, how, did, how did this happen? How am I going to make this match with this, match with this, match with this? But if we would have gone to him first and prayed about it, then, um, you know, he would have given us the provision at that point and the peace. And that's what I saw in you was the peace. But I don't think that that's where you went first. Because naturally, we're not going to go there first. Like, I can sit here and say, let's pray first. But we all know that when something hits and there's a symptom in our kid's ear that we don't know about. We're trying to figure it out. Google. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yes. And he's like, keep trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you start praying and then you're armed with peace, which is such a gentle word, but it's so fierce. Like, when you're armed with peace and you know that what you're doing is God ordained, Mm -hmm. nobody can stop you. Right. Nothing can stop you. So anyway, um, you talked a little bit about Moses. You also researched Elijah. Yeah, you Elijah. He was he was always my childhood favorite just because. Same. You talk about yeah. God that never died. Yeah. I mean. Truth. Um, but I mean, with him, he's, you know, you have you have Moses who embodies the law and in, in character and in, in the text or in the text. And Elijah's the prophet, you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, so with Elijah having his walk and his communication with God to where, you know, he fully understands and hears the word of God and shares that being obedient to whoever God tells him to deliver that message to. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily understand it, but but he's obedient. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't let that stand in the way of, he doesn't let himself stand in the way of being obedient. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. what a lot of us do uh, with, you know, 
hesitating or questioning or, you know, doing all those things. And I think, I think one of those, one of those, uh, examples is when Elijah is talking with, well, he's talking with God, but God tells him to go call these people. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Elisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, Elisha is going to take over for you when I come and get you. Um, and I think it's fine. I don't, I don't have that text open, but so Elisha goes and calls Elijah, or Elijah goes and calls on Elisha who's out in the field, you know, plowing the field. He's, he's got the 12th horse and plow. He's like, Hey, you're going to serve God. You're going to take over for me. And Elisha is like, game on, let's go mm-hmm. just on fire. And he's like, Hey, let me go call. Let me go tell my parents. And Elijah, Elijah is like, well, hold on, you know, maybe not just, just come back, come back later, come back later or, you know, just forget what I told you. Don't, don't worry. So he's like crawfishing back on right. what he just mm-hmm. said, even though the Lord told him, Hey, he's going to replace you. And you turn around and you look in the text, what Elisha did. And he's like, Oh, well he went over to what he was doing with his horse and plow and slaughtered him and said, well, I can't go back because I'm focused on that. And it's just like such a reverence. Yeah. It's, it's like, man, that is so powerful when you talk about, you know, those instances in, in life, in all our lives. And even back in the Old Testament, when you talk about Elisha, like he's just out in the field doing his farm work. Normal job. Normal job. Normal Serving routine. his family, mm-hmm. you know, doing what he's grown up doing. And then this opportunity comes. And then, you know, he's obviously been worked on his heart from God, but now he gets confirmation that, hey, this is your new path. And he's like, no, I'm listening to Elijah, but he's my boss. Yeah. If this is what I'm supposed to do, I I respect your opinion. I'm still going to follow you. This is great, but I'm going to go take away all the other excuses that you could possibly use. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's just neat yeah just how every everything you could ever think of as far as a question is in here somewhere yeah and the, i just feel like if it doesn't make sense it's probably god mm-hmm. <laughs> if it can I mean, be explained yeah like we sit and we churn and we want to make sense and god's like that's not how this goes because yeah. of faith mm-hmm. yeah. because of faith that's the thing when I'm at the head of your table, that's it. What I say goes when I say how I say it. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect example of, well, hold up, hold up. No, there is go, no hold up. Let me go tell my family. Yeah, it's just uh, stripped down yeah. of being like, it doesn't make, it may not make sense, but it doesn't matter. I know what I'm, I know who I answer to. Yeah. I know who I follow. Last week, uh, with Chad, we talked a little bit about the lineage of Jesus and uh, in Matthew 1. And we mentioned uh, David. And when you say David's name, everybody thinks of, you know, all the things he did wrong. Um, so he saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof and ended up, you know, getting in a relationship with her, sent her husband to the front lines of battle to die. Um, but that wasn't where his story ended. Mm-hmm. And it continued after that. And he made some riches from rags there. and. Yeah. And that was really awesome to know that that can happen in our own lives. But you kind of laid out here how that looked like when David decided to put God at the head of his table. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, with David, you know, if you, being the author of, I think, all, if not the or I think the majority, if not all the Psalms, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, Psalm 23, where, you know, David started out in his life as a shepherd. Mm-hmm. So he knows shepherding. Um, and he equates, you know, God as the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows what a good shepherd is. He knows what a bad shepherd is. Whether mm-hmm. he embodied being a good one when he was actually a shepherd. Um, I'm sure he had good days and bad days. Sure, but, like we all do. Uh, the one thing that I think we all, or at least me, forget is putting Jesus on a pedestal and putting God on a pedestal because you hear the terms and banners of Lord, Savior, uh, you know, the great I am. Like, he is it. Mm-hmm. You know, how how guilty I can be of setting him apart from me just by my own reservations of looking up and being like, oh, my gosh. But a shepherd is not apart. From his flock he is there he is in and amongst that's how he protects that's how he serves that's how he you know leads and leads you besides the still water mm-hmm. you know you have to put him in front of you for him to lead you mm-hmm. you have to follow him you are a sheep um and that was just one of those things that david obviously knew um because because i mean he wrote it but mm-hmm. uh I'm just like anybody you. i mean david makes mistakes all of us make mistakes but I'm going to read Psalm 23 because that was my favorite verse, favorite chapter of ever, ever, ever. Can we just recite it right here? Yeah. Uh, but that was the first verse I ever, or first chapter I ever memorized. I think I was like eight or nine. I remember being on Wednesday night church, you know, let's, let's memorize this. And of course, like the books of the Bible, that never goes away. Um, but I did not access the, what was being spoken about in here until like a year and a half ago. I've just, and I, I went back, like, where did my walk with Christ begin? And it began here. Um, and I can I can say, oh, I can recite the whole thing, but it never really meant anything to me until I put myself in the form of a sheep and, and he's my shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so um, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I put myself in that shepherd, in the sheep form as he is my shepherd, I think about, you know, what this says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, that's a sheep's dream, right? Let's, let's just chill out right here in this green pasture with this beautiful grass that I've been given. And I haven't really done anything to be given that, right? I, I haven't really obeyed i've just been guided wherever he needs to me to go but he leaves me beside still waters well if it was rough waters i couldn't drink you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be accessible for me and so this like promise in this chapter is so peaceful for me because we can go through some real deep valleys and even on top mountains tops of the mountains we can um not give god the glory for it but he is the one who who shepherds us. He's the one who guides our paths. And um, I don't know, this whole chapter gives me so much peace now, way differently than what it did when I learned it. So I'm glad you touched on it. Well, I mean, you have that sheep perspective who's who's in the grass. Yeah. You know, a foot off the ground. But that shepherd's five foot higher. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's a way better field over there. There's a valley to get there. We got to jump over this ditch. Yeah. But it's way greener over there. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to that. Like when you hear, when I heard you read that, I think of provision. Yeah. And I think because right now in the season I'm in, that's what I'm praying for. And so when you read it, I'm like, he's the ultimate provider, right? Mm-hmm. Jehovah. Yes. 
And that isn't just cush. It's not just, it's their nutrition. Mm -hmm. It is like, you won't go without. And what we, when we leave one, guess what? We're going to a better, we're going to, we're, I'm never going to put you out with nothing. Mm -hmm. That's not who I am. Capitalizing on peace. And it is, but it's so much, we could, I mean, that's a huge, we could dive into that, but the provision Mm -hmm. and that correlates to me with the season that you're in. Mm -hmm. Because that's ultimate provision. It's like, whatever it is, man, I got it handled. Yeah. But as long as you stay within my staff, as far as I can, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to pull you. When you get over there, I'm going to bring you back in. Yeah. And um, I'm so thankful that he's so attentive Mm -hmm. to do that for us, that he knows that, okay, we might need to leave here because we're going to jump over there and we're going to go over here. Even though you don't see, because what you have was great, I'm assuming. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be staying with Mm -hmm. them. But... That's the that's what he provides is uh, more than we can ask or imagine. Yeah. That's right. You know, so I, I share that with the with the whole flipping table. You know, you go back to that scripture about Jesus in the temple. You know, when he walked in and he saw what was happening in that temple, it wasn't an immediate flipping of the table. Mm-hmm. You know, at first he took the necessary time to make a whip and then draw out the cattle. And that's it right. Wasn't, so I mean, he looked what needed to happen made a special tool and he himself is the one that did it mm-hmm. he didn't delegate that have his disciples hey go flip that table over there and go mm-hmm. give them a what's up and get these birds out of here you yeah know. you know he himself is the one that did it yeah and there was a pause to where he devised a plan of action of righteous anger he's like this is what needs to happen to make this change in this temple and we're all temples that's mm-hmm. right and you go to that same instance in mark where He's telling that there's no stone that's going to be left unturned. Yeah. Like we will, we will turn every one of them and cleanse the temple. Yeah. Uh, And it's just his provision. He provides the tools, the experiences in life, the ditches, the, the stone that you're going to stumble over. You know, he, he puts that there in time in place for a reason Mm -hmm. and it's to work on you. So much growth in that, but the but the obedience to to listen to what he's saying to you and what he, what you know he's calling you to do. Have you, Shelly and I have talked about this in in the context of our podcasts and changed lives, and we got to a point in our lives where God was so heavy on our hearts about this that we had told him no so many times we were afraid to tell him no again. Mm-hmm. Did you have that feeling whenever you had to make this? decision to uproot your family and everything that your kids knew I mean everything that your kids had peace around was going to be up for question Uh, like how what made it yeah uh, going to that number three my wife saying hey this is you know every decision that I make you know I try to either make knowing her Mm -hmm. opinion Mm -hmm. because I mean she's she's my best friend Uh, she's He's my other part that I need to fully understand God. Yeah. Um, and so I just brought it to as like, hey, today this was discussed. What What are your thoughts? And uh, she's like, oh, I don't hate the idea, but I mean, is that a fully on board kind of a deal? Um, it, it's not a no. So I mean, it's 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 God working on her yeah. just as much as it's working on me. But and if the it's flip not, doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, but I mean, and with our discussion, she was like, if, if we weren't a part of this and this was just you, would you do it? And I was like, yeah, in a heartbeat. It, 
sounds like fun. Um, and she's like, well, I was like, but that's not, I was like, that, that's a whole other reality that doesn't right. exist. Yeah. So, but it's, it's more or less as if it's, if it's between, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. Mm, that's right. We just need to be willing. Um, that's right. And, you know, you have that, I forget the verse. It's not really a verse, but it's a quote that gets misquoted all the time about, you know, he, he doesn't give you more than you can, you can handle. handle. Which like, is completely yeah, false. Trash. It is completely like, he false. He will always give it to you, just enough for you to focus on him. That's or it. Or stumble. Is it? Stretch you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stretch you even more. Man, just the the way you describe your covenant with her is so special. Because the thing about it is, I love that she asked you if it wasn't, if we weren't in the picture, would you question it? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Because it brings her joy to watch you Mm -hmm. win. Mm -hmm. Because you're a covenant, you're a partnership. And here's the deal. Even if it's uncomfortable, you're together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's enough. And how many of us, that's the way God intended it, you know, but that's hard because of your comfort, right? Yeah. I've been here. The kids are here. Everything's here. But if God's hand isn't, mm-hmm. it's a no for me. Yeah. And that's scary. And I can speak it right now in this microphone, but tremble at the thought of walking in it. Yeah. Um, and I think there's very few people in this world that will actually walk it out. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the ones that God keeps giving more to because he can trust them with it. Yeah. And I want to be someone that God trusts with bigger but how do you prove that yeah. if you don't do it? If yeah. you don't, and it may not be a move. It may be a movement in your home mm-hmm. to say, look, we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Any form of taking a stand, any form of, um, you know, backing off of legalism, backing off of addiction, backing off of whatever. Those are the, that's the uncomfortable moves. Yeah. That's the untreaded waters. That's the unknown territory. And so what you do is you say, okay, the I am sending me. Mm-hmm. And we got to we got to do it because I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And she saw a possibility, an option for uh, you to be fulfilled in a new way. Mm -hmm. And she knows what you're great at more than anybody else in the world. She knows what you're great at. And um, I'm sure when you went to her with this information of like, you know, is this something you would think about? There was a different look about you. There was a different there was a wonder, you know, like a. This could fulfill me in ways I haven't been fulfilled Mm -hmm. in a long time. Um, This could totally change our family. And this could make us walk through some really hard times. Mm -hmm. But it could also make us walk through the greenest pastures. Yeah. On the other side of this really unknown terrain, um, this could be exactly what our family needs. Yeah. Getting away from the noise. And and you look at the... You look at the positives. I mean, the the fear of all the negatives that are possible is what prevents us. Yeah. It's like, well, I know this could happen. It's like, well, yeah, of course, it's going to prevent you from. But but just having that shift of focus and look at all the possible positive outcomes that could come from this. And and the first one I thought of outside of my own personal like work life and logistics and just having different different than the monotony. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you know my my son Hudson he's he's a junior. My wife came to Texas from Illinois. I think she was done. Yeah, Illinois from Illinois when she was a junior, and she did not have a great you know memory of moving from place to place to place. High school group of friends you know all yeah. the time. Uh, 
and with Hudson being where it is, where he is in life, you know, after we had that conversation, you know, we pitched it to Hudson. He was like, that sounds like a great time. He's like, he's immediately on board. And that's one of those things is like, oh, I've got a piece about that now. Yeah, check same, that one same off. with her. But, but him being at the age that he's in, he's, he's not going to be in the house much longer. Uh, and, and Lauren brought it up. It's like, how better can we grow as a family just yeah. before launching <laughs> launching than going and having nobody else to cling to but each other? Yeah. During that time. It's just like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but that's now our new goal. In this. Yeah. When you think about the stress that comes with a big move like that, you think stress, you think busy, you think movement, you think un- uneasy. But for me, when I think about y'all's family and the way that this is going to benefit you, it's stillness. It's stillness mm-hmm. and it's sitting together and hashing out some things that you haven't really had to you haven't really had to face these issues new friends new friends for the kids new schools new administrators you know uh, lauren working for a different school district or whatever she decides to do um it's just going to bring y'all so much closer because of the the way that you have to grow together because you, mm-hmm. you just said that you don't have anybody else besides you and god and so um it's just going to put you in a different state of prayer and i kind of envy it you know I, I kind of go yeah what what do I need to do in my own home right now to say we're gonna do this together we're gonna it's us and God and our kids are gonna be involved in it and we're gonna you know step out of faith out on faith um and see where God takes it and maybe it's not a move it's a it was sure a podcast that was unknown same for you but maybe it's just you know I don't know I don't know what it is that God has I love that we uh me and Kara talked last night because we do get a lot of questions on this. Mm. You know, why Why now? Why do you do that? What's the goal? Um, and, and then you get the other thing of like get, being picked apart. Yeah. So I'm very transparent. Like we aren't Bible scholars. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be. I, w- I wish I had this entire book memorized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Front to back, back to front, right? But I do know one thing. And I know the man. I know the being. I know the supremacy of the one who wrote this. And I want to know him more. Mm-hmm. And if how I get to know him more is by studying him more because I have accountability to get on this microphone, yeah. I should have done this 10 years ago. Right. So for us, it's not the un- or things we don't know. It's what we do know. And mm-hmm. I know that I have that to stand on. And that's enough. Um, but it makes us also transition. I, I, people really need to know, like, as we go and we have these conversations, I love that before we start this episode, you said, well, I'm kind of mid-flip. We're all mid-flip. Yeah, every day. In at least one area of our lives. We may be already flipped over eating at, the, at mm-hmm. one season, but something in our life is that. And so the self-evaluation that we do as a friendship in our own lives, this is applied to us before it is talked about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think of every week the things that we do, and we don't voice it all on here. No. Um, and if God ever wants us to, I think we would. Mm-hmm. But I th- I love that you said that, like, how can that apply to us to be like, how special it is to know, like, I'm going this new season, but everything I got that's most important to me, it's going too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, I love this. I mean, I've encouraged you because I love the podcast platform. I I'm, I don't even know when podcast started, but yeah. I stopped listening to music years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those ways to feed your mind with truth. Like, you're having a commute for an hour one way. 
them back. You know, having positive content that's truth, it's not political agenda, it's not lies or yeah. just trash or garbage mm -hmm. just to feed your mind with. How else to keep your focus looking up than thinking about it's discipleship. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not having face-to-face -face conversations all the time, but being a part, being a wallflower and listening to to you know, sisters in Christ talking and growing and challenging and, mm -hmm. you know, preaching. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how best to spend your time and, and fill your ears with information of what's God-breathed. And, and perspective. Yeah. And perspective. That, I mean, we can read these verses and it hit us one way. Last night, perfect example, we had Bible study last night over um, last week, so Chad's episode. And we walk in and we're both exhausted. Shelly's just come from a cross-country trip mm -hmm. and uh i'm just you know post pre-thanksgiving just kind of going through the motions we walk in and i can see in her eyes she can see in my eyes we're not bringing our best tonight mm -hmm. this is we need coffee we need cake mm -hmm. um and we prayed over it shelly prayed over it and we got started and those girls came in hungry ready to go mm -hmm. and they checked us and they provided extra perspective to the verses that we had prayed over the verses we had studied over the verses we had talked to chat about um, they read those verses and took it a totally different way. And Shelly and I are just looking at each other like, okay, God, we see you. Like, And they preach to us. They do. Um, yeah. But that's why the Bible is called the living word yeah. of God, because it's alive. Yeah. And it, uh, it was, it was, a, it was, it this is, is cool. Week. Like, this is what I live for, <laughs> you know, and it's an honor to be um, in this room with the people that we've gotten to do it with. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if no one else is in the room, just to have him, yeah, that's an honor in itself. And I think that the challenges that he brings to us, those are honors too. Yeah, It's an honor that he would think enough of us to want to challenge us and better us and stretch us and grow us. It's not a punishment. Mm -hmm. And we do, we look at getting out of our comfort zones as such a punishment. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I do. I'm just like, oh, why me? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, okay. I'm about to grow even closer to you. And it's not necessarily, I love that you said I'm about to grow closer to you because it's not necessarily what's on the other side that's a gift to us. That's right. It's growth. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. perspective. It's change in our lives that we didn't see a way to change. We didn't see, like Chad said, we've done all the research, all the research, all the research. But what I've researched and found was there's nothing on this earth that can do this for me but God. Um, and it's it happens in our lives daily whenever we let him be at the head of our table. Um, I was thinking about this episode and got a word from God and I love it when he does this cause I'm like, okay, how quickly can I find something to write down? You know, mm -hmm. you know, too. Um, we get so distracted by what we're walking into that we forget who we're walking in with. And, um, for me, when I think about your situation of the unknown, you're a nervous wreck because, okay, this has to check the box. This has to check the box. This has to check the box. All these things have to work out in order for this move to happen. Mm -hmm. But you walked in immediately. It was anointed. It was ordained. Um, you had him on your side all along. And you could have relinquished control at that point. But naturally, we don't do that. But we forget so often. We look at the mountain in front of us, but we don't think about who's walking up the mountain with us, who we're going to crest the mountain with. Mm -hmm. Because he put the mountain there for us to climb. I loved, I love the perspective of I'm, I'm imagining him with like a huge sledgehammer or something, you know, like we about to bust up some tables. How different would it be in our lives if we really had that image of where we went? Oh. Every meeting, oh. every courtroom, every business venture, every... Be boring. 
I would have. like, you know, everybody says, oh, I think I'll, you know, if I could wish for anything in my life, it would be a magic eight ball. I'm like, no, where's the fun in that? I'm just trying to live. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think he's pretty miraculous. Taking it back to that relationship, it's a marriage. Like our end goal is marriage. And so, you know, I look at it to my marriage with my wife, you know, like the, the reason our relationship is as strong as it is is because of all the things that we've gone through together Mm -hmm. i mean sure the initial attraction is is great you know the you know that carries you for so long before you know you get to really know somebody and you know lauren i love her to death she has seen me at my absolute worst and she still chooses every day to be my wife um, I can face anything with that. And, and it's the same thing with, you know, Jesus as the head. You, you talk about a God that came down for me so I could see his face, so I could see an example of how to live. And from the get-go, he had just as many temptations in life as, as I do, even more so, and he still held strong. Right. Mm-hmm. He was fully man, but he was also fully deity. Mm-hmm. You don't discount that of being fully man. Like he, mm-hmm. he faced it, yeah. mm-hmm. and he overcame it. So how much more so am I able to do that with him at the head of my table? You know, he's already lived it, breathed it. Very simple. He showed us how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to be obedient, mm-hmm. and you got to love. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's simple to hear, simple to say. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to make mistakes all the time. Yeah. But he forgave us. Yeah. He already had, he already knew that we were going to make mistakes and he's forgiven us anyway. Right. Yeah. And he still would come in and do it all the good. You talk about the good shepherd. Like he still says he's going to go after that one sheep. Yeah. Leave the 99. Water. I want to talk a little bit about him as a 12 year old boy. Yeah. I want to hear your intake on that. So you don't you don't hear much about it until birth, and then at twelve years, and then boom, annual event. Joseph, Mary, going pilgrimage, pilgrimage, taking the family. Family goes. They're having their little vacation pilgrimage. But after twenty four hours, it says you know Mary and Joseph looked around and were like, "Where's Jesus?" Lost him for a whole day. Well. They were traveling for a whole day, mm-hmm. and then went back. So that's another day, and then looked for three days before going to the temple, and that's where Jesus was. So searching for him, yeah. and Jesus says, "How did you not know where I was? Like, why did you?" And you think of it that coming from a twelve-year-old boy who could have been doing a whole lot of other different things, things for three days mm-hmm. by himself. You know, no parents know anything, but. He'd already proven that his main priority was his father. Mm-hmm. Like going to the temple, talking with God at 12 years old. And he turns to his mom and like, how did you not know I was here? Mm-hmm. It's like, I have obviously proven where my heart is. Like, why would you go spend 36 or, you know, however many hours mm-hmm. searching anywhere else other than at this place? Mm-hmm. This is the whole reason we came here and I'm not fit. But even at 12 years old, that's... It's oppressive because that is not where my mind was no. yeah. when I was 12 years old. I wish. But it's because he, Jesus knew what he was there to do. Mm-hmm. Even as such, a, he's like, I got an assignment, you know. And that's even like everything recorded in the Gospels of his 
teaching and preaching being only three years. You know, like that's not a very long time. That's not like Billy Graham or, you know, I think about like some of the OGs. It's like, to me, that's such a short amount of time. Yet he did it for so long in the, in the preparation Mm. and the, and the fact that he did experience life. He did, you know, he had siblings, he had parents, he had a job. He He felt pain. Yeah. Like he scratched himself. He had to be burned. I've always wondered about that. Has a baby. Yeah. As a carpenter. Yeah. Like, did he hit his thumb? You know he right. did. Like, did he make? I mean, it's <laughs> not a, making a mistake is not a sin. Yeah. You know, he he had to had a bloody finger, I know. a broken nail. I know. It's a little accident. The personality of him, he was he was he was fully man. Mm-hmm. Laughed, cried, ate, you know, all mm-hmm. the things to know. That, but like, he was fully God. Yeah. Like, it's an impeccable thing to wrap your mind around. But even at twelve years old, you know, he knew he had an assignment. Mm-hmm. We all have an assignment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how how old are we before we realize that? Mm-hmm. That we too have an assignment. Even when we were 12, we had an assignment. Mm-hmm. Don't know necessarily what it is. Just mm-hmm. in broad strokes. Love God with all our heart. Love his people. That's it. So let's talk about the transfiguration whenever he got to meet the two men we opened with. Moses and Elijah. Transfiguration. So I, I see that more from, from Moses and Elijah's perspective, you know, going through their story in the Old Testament and they're just making mistakes, but being obedient so much so that they're called out in Hebrews about being obedient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think back on Moses, you know, at a hundred years old, he's climbing mountains multiple times to mm-hmm. go talk to God, goes up to Mount Sinai, spends, I would think days up there just in the presence of God yeah. but having to shield his face because mm-hmm. he can't see can't see him he gets all this information rules and dictations from God God scrolls front and back on two tablets the law mm-hmm. he brings it down like what the first commandments talk about how God is the priority no other idols you put me first God himself wrote that down and Moses has it, he walks down, and he sees those people just bowing down to an idol. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, we were just here. I, we yeah. cordoned off this whole area. We talked about where I was going to be. He's going to be up there. What happened? What are you doing? Throws, throws the tablets down. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, God's grace wrote them down again for him. But even then, it was like, hey. You know, we're going to put you here, but you can't see me. And, you know, even at the burning bush. Yeah. You know, he was Mm -hmm. shielding his face. And then you look at Elijah with, uh, I think those are those verses in in 1 Kings. Uh, But Elijah, you know, sees smoke, but God's not there. Sees fire, but God's not there. But he hears a whisper Mm -hmm. and then just immediately covers his face and then even God says I'm going to put you in this crevice and you know don't look at me and so you have these obedient men just trying their best making mistakes on the way but trying their best and then in with Jesus and, and John I think the transfiguration well it's a mark with the transfiguration those two people finally get to see the face of God yeah and 
I just can't imagine how great that would have been for, for them. Mm-hmm. But you also have those two different portions of what God provided in the Old Testament with Moses giving the people the law and Elijah giving the people the prophecy. You know, those two things ended with Jesus. You know, he embodies both of those things. Mm-hmm. That's so deep. So good. Can you imagine, like, just being obedient for so long, so long, so long, so long, and you know that you're being obedient to the right place, to the right person, but never being able to see him? I mean, like, that's us, right? Like, we're, it's us every day, but we see God in other ways. Like, we see God in, you know, the sunrise or the sunset or the ways that he's orchestrated things in our lives, but to be able to actually lay your eyes on his face yeah. after years and years and years and years and years of chasing mm-hmm. this thing that you know is real, you know is real, and everyone around you is like, it's probably not real. But you're like, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going, and you finally get to see his face. That's incredible. And we all get to do that. Yeah. All of us who have, you know, we have embodied the righteousness of Jesus. Mm. We get that. We get that. And to know him, that he wants that. Yeah. <laughs> He's not this standoffish. He's like, no, really, like, it'll harm you. You can't. Yeah. Not that I don't want you to. Mm-hmm. I want you near me. I just don't want to harm, you know, my majesty to harm you. But then Jesus comes in the flesh. Yeah, that's why he sent Jesus. That's right. He sends Jesus from the throne in heaven. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't just come around when he was born as a baby. Mm-hmm. Been there the whole time. Right. Comes down from the glory with the Father. Mm-hmm. To say, like, this is me. This is God in the flesh given to you. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what he is for us. And that's why having him as a head of our table in that position, then once you know his character, you know what he's really there. He's not there to be served. He's there to serve, mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier. And that is just so the most amazing example. Yeah. That's all we're supposed to do, too. Yeah. Love him first. Love one another. Yeah, we see Jesus if we look for him. That's mm-hmm. true. We see Jesus when we see people serving in a way that just makes you go, mm-hmm. so how selfless. are you doing that? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. That's, that's where Jesus is. Yeah. And the things that you see happening in this world that make no sense. And you talk about that in Hebrews where it's, our followers will be aliens mm-hmm. to this society. It's the things that make no sense. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the Jesus. That's the face of God that we need to be seeing. Mm-hmm. Because all of us are made in the image. Mm-hmm. You know, what is an image other than just a, a snippet in time, 2D version? You know, how much more does it show the dynamic of the 3D version? Like an image we only see in 2D, but mm-hmm. there's environmental factors. There's time. Mm-hmm. There's all these other things that make up that image that you don't even see. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when we start acting and we're obedient and what God wants us to do, we're showing the face mm-hmm. to those who look for it. That's your second W, um, your witness to others, your discipleship. I think about how important it is for us in our own walks to be disciples of Jesus and like be able to show in our walk every day. Like not only is it our walk with God that we're so focused on and how we should make that a priority, but also what others see in us, you know, the things we say and the way we react to situations. Um, I love that because we can see 
God in so many different things. And so often it's in other people. It's in, you know, the way people come together in crisis and tragedy, or it's in a really tough conversation that's handled way better than you expected or, you know, And it's such a kindred magnetic. Because see, the thing is, is like people are attracted to God, even when they don't know him Mm -hmm. because they're made in his image. There's something that draws someone to want to know the bigger power, the more. And they might think that it's in something else other than the one that we know as majesty. But even the spirit within us and the kindredness that y'all had just by being co-workers, right? Yeah. But it's because your spirits align. And I'm so thankful that he is he does that for us and yeah. through us because that's the building of the church that we all need. And um, That's the building of the table. It is. It's the building of the table. It's the building of the table. I'm thankful that he doesn't make us do it alone and that sometimes it is just us and God. And that's, and that's number one important, but I'm so thankful for the community that we get to have around us that, you know, pours into us and, and checks us and challenges us and says, okay, well, does this line up with this? Mm-hmm. Um, that's so important. So special to me. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's been what we've had. I'm excited to see what, how conversations change with you way over there um, and how your family just totally transforms too. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It'll be hard at times, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, we can't end without you reading that last part right above the five W's. So who has an excuse not to place God as their priority? Because I'd be curious to hear what it is. When I read that, I put that asterisk beside it because I thought, man, who does? (laughs) Who does? Yeah. It is. It would be a conversation that I would, uh be curious to have just the excuses i think yeah and i mean most of the time the reason people flee from god is out of anger or any kind of selfishness mm-hmm. unknown fear yes it, it to me that's always the excuse of well if he was then why this you know yeah. right we've all heard it we've all said it yeah we've all thought it whatever um but none of us have an excuse not to have him at the head of our table yeah you want to know why because he's what saved us from the pits of hell he deserves that seat, mm-hmm. and he wants that seat, and he wants to include us right there with him. And we should really, really, really want to have him in that seat and not give that seat to somebody else. Because when you line up, you know, what he, what his promises are for you, and you try to seek those in other people, it's failure immediately. Mm-hmm. It's failure right off the bat. Um, so we should want that seat to be filled with him. Mm-hmm. Man, this was amazing. Super honored to meet you. Oh, I've had a blast. I've been nervous wreck the entire time leading up to it, but it's been yeah. great and easy. Yeah. It's we'll a different start. set of pressure hearing from people and even just being doing the little bit that we do. It's a, it's it's such a pressing, mm-hmm. preparing, you know, and you think like, man, I wish I had this all the time so yeah. that mm-hmm. the connection that's formed, the evaluation that you do, the, the way that you see things, the parameter that extends, you know, it's, it, it is, it's an honor. And everything you said was straight anointed. And um, I know it spoke to me. Absolutely. Uh, a lot as I, as I know that it will every listener in whatever way that it's supposed to. But I pray special blessings over you guys. And just the, um, the obedience to be able to witness is oh. just, that's huge, man. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to, to, uh, we got to do a part two or something. Yeah. How this goes. We'll, we'll go to North Carolina. We can. We can do that. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yes. See you next week. Love you guys.